What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be going through my week four running back start sits. If you guys are new to the channel or new to my start sit videos, I will be going through every single week four matchup. So all 16 games talking about every single fantasy relevant running back, listing them as either a start fringe option or a sit. The starts are the players you feel pretty confident throwing into your lineup. These are typically going to be your RB ones, your RB twos, not necessarily locked down to a certain number, but that's how I'd consider the starts. Then looking at the fringe options, these are players you may not be super excited to start, but they're decent flex options, RB3s and deeper leagues, and then uh, sits, pretty obvious. These are players you'd prefer to keep on your bench. If you all enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let's jump into the first game of the week. We have the Lions taking on the Packers. Starting off with the Lions here, we got to see Jameer Gibbs in a game without David Montgomery. I was actually pretty encouraged with what I saw. I kind of thought they would just go to like a committee by kind of throwing Craig Reynolds or Zonovan Knight into that David Montgomery role. That's not really what they did. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had a 60% snap share, 50% raw participation. Those numbers aren't crazy impressive. What I thought was nice was 17 of the 25 running back carries. Now, he still didn't really have a great fantasy day because he didn't get to the end zone and the receiving production wasn't great, but I do think it was encouraging that they kind of you know gave him that workload, let him operate as the clear running back one with Montgomery out. I think if uh, Montgomery misses another game, you fire up Jameer Gibbs as a very solid start. I think if David Montgomery returns, you fire both of them up as solid like RB2 options. Now moving over to the Sunday slate of games, we have the Falcons taking on the Jaguars and Bijan Robinson kind of at his first down game of his career. The Falcons offense as a whole struggled, only put up six points. I think you throw that game away, you'll once again fire up Bijan Robinson as a very strong start. I'm going to be sitting Tyler Algier. Maybe you can make an argument. He's like a fringe option. I just personally really don't like starting the players who have a very locked in role. And that role is like when they have a decent amount of carries on the ground, but aren't going to do a ton else. When you just are locked into those carries, you just have a very, very low weekly floor. And those are typically not players I love throwing into my lineup. So I will have Algier as a sit. Moving over to the Jaguars, Travis Etienne, another really strong fantasy performance, pretty much did everything except for the one goal line carry that Tank Bigsby got. So I think you continue to fire up Travis Etienne as an RB1. Moving over to the Dolphins Bills game, kind of crazy that this is in like the, you know, first slate of games on Sunday. This is probably one of, if not the most exciting matchups of the week. But we got to start it off with the Dolphins here. We saw Devon A-Chain and Raheem Mostert both put up just monster games um, in week three. Both guys scored four touchdowns. I think from a usage perspective, even though Mostert went crazy, I do think in terms of usage, Mostert kind of takes a little bit of a hit here. He's no longer operating as the clear workhorse. We saw Mostert take 37 snaps to Devon A-Chain's 30. And this was not like a situation where Mostert dominated the early game snaps. And then once they kind of pulled away, um, you know, A-Chain was super involved. Both of these guys were very involved, you know, pretty much the entire time you had the starters in the game. A-Chain actually out-touched him, had 22 opportunities to Raheem Mostert's 20. I think if this is close to a 50-50 split moving forward, I really think both of these guys are really strong weekly plays. Obviously, the Dolphins offense has been electric. There's going to be a ton of touchdown opportunities. Both guys can catch passes, and both of them just have some really serious big play upside. I've seen some people, I don't really know where it's coming from, seem to be a little bit sour on Devon A-Chain. They don't think you know he's going to be a relevant option moving forward. And obviously, he's not going to go out and drop a 50-piece every single game. But this was the second game he was active for in his NFL career. They spent a day two pick on him, 
and he's eating into this workload. Like, I think we have to be very encouraged about Devon A-Chain moving forward. I think, you know, we could even be looking at a situation where in the back half of the season, Devon A-Chain could be the locked-in running back one for this team. So I am very excited about both of these guys moving forward. I think this Dolphins offense is explosive enough to support two guys week to week, and that's why I have both of them listed as starts. The one kind of concern I guess I'd have here is if we get Salvin Ahmed back and then we get Jeff Wilson back off of IR, I really don't hope they turn this into like a four-man committee, a three-man committee. But I think right now, you know, we're in a solid spot. Raheem Mostert has looked great. Devon Achain looked fantastic in his first game with real action. So I think you fire both of those dudes up as starts. On the other side with the Bills, James Cook continues to not get into the end zone, but continues to look really impressive everywhere else. He's not going to have that touchdown upside but he's been very efficient. He's getting a solid overall workload. Can't complain. He's a high-end uh, running back too moving forward. And then sitting Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, when they're both kind of splitting that similar role, can't really trust either week to week. Now in the next game, we are going to have the Vikings taking on the Panthers. And starting off with the Vikings here, I do think Alexander Madison is a really nice sell high after week three, but I still think he's a startable option in week four. The uh, Panthers have allowed the third most points per game to the running back position. You may be wondering like, why would I have him as a sell high if I like him this week? I just think you don't really necessarily want to play around because if Madison goes out and puts up a clunker in this one, his value really could just be done. Or even if Cam Akers comes in, is more involved than we're expecting, then Madison's value tanks. But if you are committed to keeping him on your roster, um, he looked solid in terms of his fantasy production in week three. His usage was nice, 81% snap share, 62% route participation, took 20 of the 23 running back carries. And I still think in week four, he'll probably be the clear running back one as Akers kind of gets acclimated into this offense. On the other side with the Panthers, I wasn't really high on Miles Sanders coming into the season. I've been impressed, at least with his usage early on, um, averaging 13.7 carries and 6.7 targets per game. That's a really nice workload, specifically the targets. 6.7 targets, that's very impressive. Um, if he can continue to be utilized like that, he's definitely going to pay off for fantasy, so a solid start for me. Moving over to the Broncos, taking on the Bears. And this is a pretty gross-looking game. Um, we just saw the Broncos have 70 points dropped on their head. The Bears just got completely blown out with the Chiefs after getting lit up by the Buccaneers in week two. And this is a game that I'm kind of having a tough time like navigating through. This Broncos offense really hasn't looked bad through three weeks. So I think the matchup against the Bears is going to be a plus. Looking at Javante Williams, he has kind of had an underwhelming start to the season in terms of fantasy points, but his role has been pretty solid. 12 carries and four targets a game. He just hasn't gotten into the end zone yet, which has kind of capped his you know fantasy production. But this is a great matchup against the Bears. They've allowed the second most points per game to the running back position. So I do think this is a spot for Javante Williams to kind of put together a ceiling game. The more challenging part for me here with this matchup is what is this Bears offense going to look like? Because they've looked miserable through three weeks, but now they're going up against a team that, like I said, just gave up 70 points. So is this going to be like the Broncos locking them down? Is this going to be the Bears somehow having a boom game? I'm not sure. I have Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson both listed as fringe plays. I think they're both like back-end RB3s. Um, pretty much a 50-50 split here with those two guys. Honestly, in week three, the usage kind of switched up. Typically, Roshan Johnson had been like the third down guy. Khalil Herbert taking the early downs. They kind of split pretty much like every area of the workload. So I think in this matchup, you can potentially throw them in your lineup. You probably don't love it, but that's how I'm kind of navigating here with this running back room. 
Now, in the next matchup, we have a fun one between the Ravens and the Browns. For the Ravens, I have Justice Hill listed as a fringe option. He misses week three. If he is able to give it a go in week four, he's my favorite option in this backfield. Still think it'll be a committee, but I do value Justin Hill as the top option here. Just really the guy who's going to be getting the receiving work while also splitting the work on the ground. Going to be sitting Gus Edwards, sitting Melvin Gordon. Even though Justice Hill was out, Gus Edwards still did not take a huge command of this backfield. You had Melvin Gordon coming in, pretty much split in those opportunities. So he's going to be a sit for me here this week. Now, looking at the Browns running back room, I was actually kind of hoping that Jerome Ford would have a little bit of a down game just to kind of open up a buy opportunity, like a buy window for him. The Titans defense is really brutal for running backs. I mean, we kind of saw that. He had 10 carries, only went for 18 yards, but he scored a rushing touchdown and then also added another touchdown through the air. So his fantasy day was actually pretty solid. Um, I think a lot of people think that Kareem Hunt is going to eventually like overtake Jerome Ford in this backfield. And while it is a possibility, that's really not what I'm leaning towards. I don't think Jerome Ford's like going to be a workhorse moving forward, but I do expect him to be kind of like the decisive running back one in this backfield. The Browns had an opportunity to bring back Kareem Hunt during the offseason. They didn't. They let him walk. They felt confident enough rolling with Jerome Ford as their number two. And just because they've brought in Kareem Hunt doesn't mean they don't think uh, Jerome Ford can be the guy. It means that they need depth at the running back position. So I do view Jerome Ford as the better option moving forward. If someone would rather have Hunt and you do have Kareem Hunt on your team, I would just be trying to throw it out there. Probably aren't getting that deal pulled off after uh, week three but I still think Jerome Ford is a nice option moving forward and he will be a start for me. Now, moving over to the Steelers taking on the Texans, both of these running back rooms have been pretty disappointing. At least the guys leading them. Got to start off with the Steelers here. Another just brutal fantasy day from Najee. At this point, he's really nothing more than a running back three and probably a running back three you don't even feel very confident in. His receiving usage is very limited, his efficiency is non-existent, and his touchdown upside is also capped because he's playing on a below-average offense. Jalen Warren continues to close the gap between these two. He played only three fewer snaps and ran five more routes. I still think Najee's the better option just because his volume on the ground, and eventually he's going to have a somewhat efficient day and get into the end zone, and it'll be a decent fantasy option. But I just do think Jalen Warren's the better back here. He continues to eat into Najee's work. They're both going to be fringe options for me because this is a pretty good matchup, um, but I don't think you feel great playing either guy, even in a plus matchup. On the other side with the Texans, we pretty much had uh, Damian Pierce's first strong fantasy day of the season. Pretty much the only difference was that he got into the end zone, which obviously gave them the touchdown, and then had some decent receiving work. Um, The problem is that Damian Pierce really didn't switch up his role in this game. It's not like he was running more routes, took a larger snap share didn't really happen. Um, The touchdown just kind of carried him. On 40 carries this season, he's averaging two and a half yards per carry. And when you're relying on primarily rushing production, that's just not going to cut it. I still think there's some hope for Pierce once the offensive line gets healthy, but it's definitely hard to be excited about him right now. Um, And then sitting Devin Singletary, the clear running back too, but not someone I want to be playing this week. Looking at the uh, Rams taking on the Colts, Kyron Williams a start. I talked about this in a few different videos last week. I think he's a great sell high. I don't want to be holding the Kyron Williams bag long term, but I think in the short term, he's a very strong start. Kind of had a down game in week three, but had an 100% snap share, which is absurd at the running back position. As long as he can maintain that usage, he will be a great fantasy play. And then for Zach Moss, I mean, kind of two guys that no one thought would be leading backfields. Zach Moss dominating the opportunities once again in week three. Colts offense has looked decent through three weeks. So Zach Moss also a very strong start. 
Then we're going to have the Buccaneers taking on the Saints, and Rashad White's coming off of a not-so-great fantasy day, but he completely dominated the touches and the usage. He had a 91% snap share, a 93% route participation, 14 carries, 3 targets. Also kind of encouraging because he lost a fumble in the uh, first half, and they really didn't punish him for it. They kind of just went back to force-feeding him in the second half. So hopefully he's able to up his efficiency because he hasn't really been great um, through three weeks, but with this type of usage, he is definitely still startable. On the other side with the Saints, we're going to get to see Alvin Kamara make his uh, debut this season after his three-game suspension. I think Kamara's a strong start as an RB2. I think Kendra Miller's also going to be relevant you know, throughout the season, but right now he's going to be a sit, also sitting uh, Tony Jones. Then we're going to have the Commanders taking on the Eagles. Kind of a down game for Brian Robinson. The game script definitely didn't favor him with them just getting lit up by the Bills, but he's still clearly the top option here. He's also very efficient on the ground, you know, in a limited sample size. And then for Antonio Gibson, even in a game where, you know, it favored him in terms of being down early, him as the receiving option still didn't deliver. He's definitely going to be a sit. Then for the Eagles here, starting DeAndre Swift, sitting Kenneth Gainwell, you wouldn't really, you know, kind of notice it by just looking at the fantasy points, but this was actually a pretty solid split between DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell. 43 snaps for Swift, 37 for Gainwell. Swift ran 20 routes, Gainwell ran 16. DeAndre Swift was just wildly more efficient with his opportunities. I think after watching that game, looking at how those two dudes produced, it's tough to imagine that DeAndre Swift doesn't build on his role here in week three. Kenneth Gainwell was the week one starter. He goes down, misses week two. Definitely seems like DeAndre Swift took that job from him. And I think he's just kind of going to continue pulling away moving forward. In the next matchup, we have the Bengals taking on the Titans. For the Bengals, you just continue to fire up Joe Burrow as a very strong running back option. For the Titans, I feel like a lot of people are probably interested in Derrick Henry. It's definitely time to be concerned about Derrick Henry. He's been outsnapped by Tajay Spears in two out of three games. The Titans offense are only averaging 15 points per game. And the team has also just made it clear that they're comfortable pivoting to uh, Tajay Spears when they're trailing. In previous years, they would kind of do this, but they would still be force feeding Derrick Henry. Now they're just throwing Tajay Spears out there. Like Derrick Henry had not been getting outsnapped in previous seasons. It's happened in two of the three games so far here. I still think he's someone like you have to start, like probably an RB2 play, but he is no longer locked in as like one of these high-end running back one options. I'm pivoting over to the Raiders-Chargers game. I understand that Josh Jacobs has been very disappointing through three weeks. The thing here with Josh Jacobs is that his usage is still very strong. The tough part is that, at least for me, I was concerned about him kind of um, packing it in before the season was over, you know, a few weeks left. If he had a strong season, Raiders aren't in contention, why is he going to risk an injury, risk a long-term contract? That was kind of my concern for Josh Jacobs. I really didn't expect him to have this kind of struggle um, early on. I do think this is a decent bounce back opportunity here against the Chargers. I still think you fire him up just based on the usage. He's just kind of been unlucky without getting into the end zone. And then also the efficiency hasn't been great, but I don't think he's just like fallen off as a player um, from 2022 to 2023. On the other side with the Chargers, Austin Eckler is a start if he is able to play. If Eckler does not play, we're in this tough spot here with Josh Kelly because he seemingly had a golden opportunity to be the running back one in back-to-back weeks, and it hasn't led to anything. I'd say that if Austin Eckler isn't able to give it a go, I would view Joshua Kelly as a fringe option. It's just tough to like go back to the well on someone who's just completely flopped in back-to-back weeks, especially when last week was a pretty favorable matchup. 
you can kind of excuse it against the Titans, but the inefficiency on the ground combined with not being involved as a pass catcher, that is definitely a tough look for Joshua Kelly. Hopefully, we don't even have to worry about it on Austin Eckler plays, but you never know. Um, in the next game, we're going to have the Patriots taking on the Cowboys. Down game for Ramondre Stevenson. His usage was still strong. I still view him as like a back-end RB1 option. Sitting Zeke, even though he had a uh, decent workload in Week 3. On the other side, you continue to fire up Tony Pollard, getting that workhorse role there in Dallas. Then we're going to have the Cardinals taking on the 49ers. And even though it's a tough matchup here with the 49ers, or you know, for the Cardinals going up against the 49ers, James Conner has been impressive. In previous years, he's kind of just been like this volume machine, this like grinder who's going to be inefficient. He's looked pretty impressive um, through three weeks here. It is a tough matchup, but James Conner really dominates the touches. He has solid receiving usage and has some touchdown upside in this offense. And the Cardinals have looked much better than I think pretty much everyone expected. So Conner's going to be a strong start for me. On the other side, we did see a little bit more of Elijah Mitchell in week three, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey is still locked and loaded the best option here, getting all the valuable touches. And to be totally honest, if I'm someone who rosters Christian McCaffrey, instead of force feeding McCaffrey the ball like 20 plus times a game, I'm totally cool with Elijah Mitchell taking some work in between the 20s, you know, some of those low upside carries. I'm totally fine with that. Preserve Christian McCaffrey a little bit. I'd be cool. Um, then moving over to the Chiefs-Jets matchup. For the Chiefs backfield here, Pacheco had a strong game. Um, he had a 58% snap share when Mahomes was on the field. The problem with Pacheco is that it's just tough to be 100% confident playing him. And the main reason for that is the red zone usage is pretty disappointing. He's a guy who's going to get the bulk of his work on the ground, not overly involved as a pass catcher, but typically those guys who are dominating the carries, normally they're getting the red zone looks. That's really not what's going on here with the Chiefs. He is not their default goal line back, both on the ground and in the air. Um, like in that game against the Bears, we saw McKinnon score two touchdowns within the six-yard line as a pass catcher. CEH took a goal line touchdown early in the game. And then eventually Isaiah Pacheco did get a goal line touchdown or did get a goal line look and turned it into a touchdown. But like one out of four of those, that's not a great ratio to have. Um, he hasn't been involved there in the first two weeks. So he's going to be a fringe option. Also a tougher matchup going up against the Jets. So an RB3 for me. With the Jets, I'm still going to go back to the well here on Brees Hall. He upped his workload in week three. It was just incredibly inefficient. Um, I still think he's an RB3 play. You're just really praying that they get some sort of quarterback situation figured out here. I get, you know, trying to run it with Zach Wilson early on, see if he's made strides. But if you truly are trying to compete, like it's clear that Zach Wilson's not going to be the guy. Hopefully they make a move, could elevate Brees Hall to a more consistent start. This week he's a fringe option, sitting Delvin Cook, just not even really fantasy relevant at this point. Moving over to the Seahawks-Giants game. Believe this is the final game of the week. Starting off with the Seahawks, we do see Zach Charbonnet starting to gain some traction in this backfield. He played 32 snaps to Kenneth Walker's 38. Charbonnet also ran six more routes than Kenneth Walker. But at this point, Kenneth Walker is still the clear running back one. Um, locked in start. But Charbonnet is someone who is trending up. If someone dropped him because of his you know poor usage through two weeks, I'd be very interested in picking him up. At worst, he has really strong handcuff value if Kenneth Walker goes down. And then he also has the upside of potentially continuing to eat into this offense and being like a weekly fringe option or even a weekly start later on in the season. On the other side with the Giants, um, have Saquon Barkley as a start. Hopefully he's able to play here in week four. Sounds like now he has a high ankle sprain, not just a normal ankle sprain. 
not ideal, but Saquon Barkley has had uh, very quick returns from some more serious injuries in the past. If he's not able to give it a go, I think you view Matt Breida as like a back-end RB2 option. You don't love it because the Giants offense has really struggled, but the Seahawks defense has not been fantastic. Matt Breida dominated the uh, snaps in their, I think it was the Thursday night game. So hopefully we don't have to deal with that. Hopefully Saquon gives it a go, but that's kind of like what it would look like if Saquon was out. That's going to wrap it up for my week four running back start sits. If you all enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any questions, drop them down below. I'm going to be putting out the rest of my start sits today. So wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. We'll see how that works. Normally I do the uh, quarterbacks and tight ends the next day. Just see kind of how it shakes out here. But thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.